2: Welcome to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Greg Cott. I write about rock and roll for the
3: Chicago Tribune. This week on the world's only rock and roll talk show, Jim and I host our own inaugural celebration with the best songs in presidential rock.
2: Plus, we'll review the new album from
3: Scottish indie rockers Franz Ferdinand.
2: You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time to welcome our newest affiliate – Indeed it is, Greg. Whenever a new station adds Sound Opinions, we like to play a great piece of music, something we love from that town or city. Uh, we've been doing this a lot, a couple of weeks in a row now, and a few more to come because uh, we're on a roll. Sound Opinions is going nationwide in a big way <laughs> in 09. This is our year, my friend. This city I know means a lot to you, Milwaukee.
3: Absolutely. My old, old stomping grounds, went to college there. Great music town, a lot of great bands in Milwaukee.
2: Absolutely. So to welcome 88.9 Radio Milwaukee... You know, look, we could have done the obvious—play the Violent Femmes, right? No, 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 no. The best of any of the second-wave psychedelic revival bands of the '80s it was a group called Plastic Land. I don't care who you're talking about; these guys are arguably better than the Soft Boys, better than any of the LA uh, Dream Syndicate-type bands. Plastic Land, man—they were—they were recapturing that spirit of the psychedelic era in Britain, circa Pink Floyd in '67. John Frankovic, Glenn Reese running around downtown Milwaukee, playing at gay <laughs> bars because those are the only places that would have them. They would get beat up by the punks, they would get beat up by the bikers, they'd get beat up by construction workers because they were wearing <laughs> this outlandish Paisley fashion. And I think the records they made in the 80s, especially, are just, you know, indelible. Especially the second. Wonder, Wonderful, Wonderland. That's my description of Milwaukee. This is a song called Gloria Night by Plasticland. Yeah. <laughs> That is Gloria Knight by Plastic Land on Sound Opinions. Welcome, 88.9 Radio Milwaukee.
3: lights are a little dimmer on Broadway today, Jim, because uh, one of the landmark institutions on that street in New York City, in the middle of Manhattan, is uh, closing down. The Virgin Megastore. It is the highest volume music store in the United States. Uh, it is about to close, and yet the Virgin Megastore Store incredibly successful. The trend in uh, recent years has been that retail record stores have been closing down Left by the right.
2: thousands. Yes, it was a sad day when the Tower chain went under, for example.
3: Indeed, and lots of mom and pop record stores. But Virgin was an institution for anybody who went to New York City. You know, you plop down in the middle there, and you just walked into this. 180,000 square foot mecca wall-to-wall cds magazines and books related to music Uh, it was really hard to walk out of there without uh, spending a few bucks in in my case several hundreds of dollars i would say (laughs) have been spent at that store because they seem to have everything it was a very successful store 55 million dollars in annual revenue six million dollars in operating profit and yet that was not enough to keep it open so in these dire times For record stores, even one of the most successful record stores ever in the history of the music
2: business can't stay open, and New York City's losing one of its landmarks. Well, it just underscores why those of us who love music need to support every mom and pop shop that is left in the country. We're lucky to have a lot of them here in Chicago. New York still has some great ones. Absolutely. You know, let's appreciate them while they're still here.
4: Once upon a couple of weeks ago, I'm in a crush in a Dublin pub around New Year's glasses clinking, clicking, clashing, crashing in Gaelic revelry, swinging doors, sweethearts falling in and out of the season's blessings, family feuds subsumed or resumed, malt joy and ginger despair all in the queue to be served on this, the quarter of a millennium mark since Arthur Guinness first put velvety blackness into a pint glass.
2: Greg, that resonant Irish voice waxing rhapsodic about drinking Guinness in Dublin is none other than Bono. That is actually him reading his column, his first column for the uh, New York Times op-ed slot, which he was recently granted. Yes, Bono is going to be walking on our turf. He's going to be regularly writing for the New York Times, because leading the biggest rock band in the world, U2, and trying to feed Africa and bring world peace to the universe isn't enough. He also <laughs> has to have a, a column as well. <laughs> yeah. Indeed he does, Jim. And, you know,
3: it's not the first time, obviously, that an entertainer of Bono's magnitude or a rock star has uh, written for a daily newspaper. I mean, I can think back when uh, Bob Weir was writing a uh, wrote a guest column at, in USA Today. Lou Reed has frequently been published by various newspapers. And magazines. We see that people like David Byrne and Brian Eno are using their blogs and websites as forums to speak out on various issues. Yeah. But I think this is the first time, at least in my memory, that a rock musician has been given a regular spot, and certainly a regular spot in, you know, the leading daily newspaper perhaps right. in the
2: world. Such a high pro and he, Bono's gonna find it's not as easy as he thought. You know, the <laughs> column his first column ran on January eleventh. On January thirteenth, the New York Times had to run a correction, which newspapers <laughs> hate to do. You and I can testify to that because he was going on and on about the beauty of My Way by Frank Sinatra and he referred to uh, Don Costa doing the arrangement. No, 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 no. In fact, the New York Times informs us and Bono should have known it was Nelson Riddle. Shame on you, Bono. This stuff isn't as easy as you think. He's a classic Irish storyteller. Never let the facts get in the way no, of a good no. story. The one
3: thing that I like is, is hearing Bono tell the story. I don't think he's a very good writer. It takes him about a half a column to finally get to his point. And when he gets to his point, when he addresses the music of Frank Sinatra and talks about the different versions of My Way that have moved him, I think that's very interesting. I compare it to, say, the Blindfold Test in Downbeat Magazine where you hear jazz musicians, prominent jazz musicians, talking about their peers and the music of their peers. I think if Bono sticks to music and talking about the music that moved him, I'd love to hear him talk about, say, the undertones in Um. Ireland as he was coming up or, say, you know, how the first Patti Smith record had an influence on his music. I would love to hear him talk about you're this such stuff. An I think where he gets, uh, where
2: he'll get off the track is when he starts talking about stuff that you know he re- he's really not an expert in. Well, there's only one reason the New York Times gave him this column. It's because he's a celebrity. Sure. It's not because sure. he's a good writer. It's not because he has deep ideas. You know, I, I just don't think he, he needs to be a columnist. And and if you disagree, when you're out with the flu, he can come in here and do this with me, and I'll make <laughs> mincemeat of him. All right. <laughs> there's a nifty little hip-hop version of Hail to the Chief. What better way to start our segment honoring the inauguration of the 44th president of the United States of America, our former senator, our neighbor, barack obama we thought we would take a look at the best songs throughout rock history that have been written about presidents
3: indeed jim amazing number of songs have been written about presidents and the only way to start this is the
2: way we usually start one of these face-offs is with a coin flip absolutely you want to take the lincoln or the memorial we'll do a penny (laughs) sounds good i'll take the memorial song all right i've got lincoln's head and it is it's president lincoln i get to start Greg I don't think there's any other way to start a discussion of great rock songs about presidents than with Neil Young Neil Young has written tons of great songs about presidents you want to talk about uh, Rocket in the Free World Mm -hmm. which is when he was mad at President Bush, Bush the first, right. talking about a thousand points of light. You want to talk about Ohio, tin soldiers and Nixon's coming, his uh, response of rage and sadness about the killings at Kent State. He sang about Obama. You know, he was talking about we're looking for a leader, and he didn't You know Obama says he's too young. Well, Obama got it, Neil. We, we could probably find more if we went through his vast canon. But to me, the song that Neil Young wrote that best epitomizes the way America deals with the president is the 1976 tune, Campaigner. This is at a point where Nixon was reviled, mm-hmm. okay? After Watergate and the disaster of Vietnam, which he didn't quite get us out of, and, and everything that Nixon had done, the hopes that he dashed, Neil Young sings this simple song, That tells us even Richard Nixon has got soul. Hmm. I was thinking about this in particular. You know, you have that new Frost Nixon movie. We're trying to cope with this character who is, you know, one of the most difficult presidents in American history. You know, why did people ever get behind him? Why did they like him? And how did they feel let down after everything that he did? And, you know, where was the human behind this guy at the end of the day? Right. Neil Young nailed it in 76 with Campaigner. Even Richard Nixon has got soul, he says, on Sound Opinions.
5: The speaker talks of the beautiful saves I went down long before he played this role
2: The great Neil Young singing about Richard Nixon and every politician, really, in a song called Campaigner on Sound Opinions. Mr. Cott, you got a presidential rock tune for me? Well, great choice, Jim. Uh, A rare expression of empathy from a credible artist
3: when, when talking about a major politician. But it's also interesting to look at the flip side of that. A lot of songs about presidents for centuries, literally were incredibly positive. It was very difficult to do the opposite uh, for a long time to critique the president and, th- and that is essentially what the best protest songs and the best protest singing is all about speaking truth to power and I think one of the first songs that I came across that did this was a song that was recorded in the '50s by the blues musician J B. Lenore a mississippi-born chicago-based artist who made a lot of great music in the fifties and sixties one of the most respected blues songwriters of all time not as well known as people like muddy waters and willie dixon but he was a contemporary of theirs and he wrote a lot of music for both of them one of lenore's best songs was eisenhower blues Mm. written at the height of the dwight eisenhower administration i mean eisenhower was a war hero a guy who could do no wrong for a long time and for a lot of people But Lenore, in his song, addressed the whole idea, well, you know, there's an underclass in this country, and they're not doing so well, Mr. President. What about us? Lenore claims that when the record was initially put out, the White House sent a mysterious man to visit his record company and said, you guys might want to reconsider the title of your (laughs) song. And, in fact, the record company Parrot caved and re-recorded it as taxpaying blues, taking Eisenhower's name out of it. You know, that may be just a complete fabulous construction it's by Lenore, story, but yeah. it's a great story. In any case, the record as originally released was titled Eisenhower Blues. It was later covered by Elvis Costello in the 80s on, on one of his albums. And it's a classic song, a classic protest song uh, that names names, including the most important figurehead in the United States government at the time. Here's Eisenhower Blues from J.B. Lenore on Sound Opinions.
6: True. Mm-hmm. I got them out of the house. Thinking about me and you, what on earth are we going to do? Mm-hmm. My money's gone, my fun is gone. Oh.
3: Debbie Lenore with Eisenhower Blues and Sound Opinions. Coming up next on the show from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media, we're going to continue playing our favorite songs about presidents. And later on, Jim and I are going to review the new Franz Ferdinand record.
6: Taking all my money to pay the tax. I'm only giving you people the natural fact I only-
2: Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And that is a little bit of a song called Ronald Reagan, Such a Marvelous Dream, from an interesting package, Greg, that came out uh, late last year, last September. It was called uh, Of Great and Mortal Men, 43 Songs for 43 U.S. Presidencies. It was a project by three musicians, primarily Christian Kiefer, Matthew Gherkin, and Jefferson Pitcher. But they brought in all sorts of uh, well-known friends of theirs from the indie rock world. That's Caliphone playing on that song we just heard. The folks from Low also uh, make some appearances. Bill Callahan of Smog. Interesting project, but we're going a little deeper. We're talking about our best presidential songs ever, and I'm going to go now with with a tough one, a hardcore one, another song about Ronald Reagan. It came out in 1986 from uh, one of the Ramones' lesser albums, Animal Boy. Not that great a record, but this was a real burst of brilliance, one of the best songs that the Ramones gave us in the last third of their career, was called My Brain is Hanging Upside Down in parentheses, Bonzo Goes to mm-hmm. Bitburg. It's important to note that uh, the leader of the Ramones Jeff Hyman, otherwise known as Joey Ramone, the singer, was, uh, was Jewish, and when President Reagan went to visit the Nazi war cemetery in Bitburg, where members of the SS, people who had worked at concentration camps, were buried, and he honored that site with uh, presenting a wreath there, Jeff Hyman, Joe Ramon, was furious. He couldn't believe that the President of the United States was doing this, and the Ramones quickly recorded and released as a single this response. You know, for kids who don't remember, Reagan had been an actor before he was a president. One of his big hit movies was uh, Bedtime for Bonzo, where he co starred with a chimp. So Bonzo <laughs> goes to Bitburg is the Ramones responding to this sad moment in presidential politics. Here it is on Sound Opinions.
3: So goes to Bitburg from the Ramones on Sound Opinions. Great choice, Jim. Uh, I think one of the great moments in the Ramones history, and that's really saying something. They had a sure lot of great is. songs, but sure that is. was one of their best. Got to go out of country for my next uh, pick, Jim. Not just strictly limited to American artists writing about American presidents, but what about the worldview from outside the United States about the role that presidents play, for example, in foreign policy? Mm. Uh, American presidents affecting what goes around the world perhaps more than any single individual in the world. And uh, XDC wrote some great songs about uh, the political spectrum. Andy Partridge, the great songwriter for this U.K. band, for the last 30 years in uh, 1989 they released an album called oranges and lemons and uh, they had a great song on it that addressed what partridge saw as the disconnect between the idea that here we have this alleged democracy but in fact once the president is elected he's really the guy calling the shots the democracy can't speak for him anymore it's not about the american people dictating what's going on around the world it's this one guy Mm. and a lot of times the choice that is often made is going to war throwing our weight around in the world and uh Andy Partridge just got a little tired of it when he wrote this song. It's called Here Comes President Kill Again. And what I like the, about this song is not so much the lyrics. I mean, they're, they're about as direct as you can get. I mean, it's uh, tantamount to that Neil Young song a few years ago where he said, let's impeach the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. just let's impeach spells the it right out. Yeah. Exactly. Here he's basically saying here's what I think about American presidents and their foreign policy. But the arrangement on this song is fascinating. And uh, in the midsection of this song, he basically says, I tried to compress the entire white album into about 30 seconds (laughs) that that's the beatles white album of course from uh, 1968 he's got mark isham on trumpet as well as his fellow XTC band members here it is here comes president kill again on sound opinions
2: sees here comes president kill again on sound opinions we're doing presidential rock nice choice mr cott i'll stay in the imperialist Mode. While we're here, this actually was a suggestion from a Sound Opinions listener who heard that we were going to do this show. Scott Silva in Nashua, New Hampshire. He wrote and said, "You cannot ignore. They might be giants." Now, in most cases, I will be happy to ignore. They might be giants. I cede them to our colleagues at This American Life. Okay, but this actually is a song I love. As you know, I am a big student of uh, military history, in particular, uh, United States and the British Empire. And this is a song about one of the American presidents who, who was really, you know, manifest destiny, James K. Polk. He's the guy who just, yeah, he saw all that land south of Texas and actually Texas itself and just decided Mm -hmm. you know that's the United States. They're calling it Mexico. Mexico's been there a couple of hundred years. The Indians have lived there. The Spanish were there. Uh, But I want it. (laughs) And he went and he took it. Uh, This is actually a very funny song. Came out in 96 on uh, They Might Be Giants' Factory showroom record. Uh, You know, middle of the alternative era. They were signed to Elektra at the time. One of their better records. uh, First they ever made that actually had a band. So it's not just that annoying uh, accordion driving this song. They call Polk who is one of not not one of our better known presidents? Yes. You know, Mexican American War. What else do you know James K. Polk for? Uh, well, they tell you they give us a history lesson. He was running against Martin Van Buren. He was running against James Buchanan. His rep was as the Napoleon of the stump. He was he was <laughs> America's answer to Napoleon in more ways than one, including uh, just declaring war wherever he felt like it. Here it is, James K. Polk by They Might Be Giants on Sound Opinions.
4: In 1844, the Democrats
5: were split. The three nominees for the presidential candidate
7: were Martin Van Buren,
5: a former president and an abolitionist. James Buchanan, a moderate.
4: Louis Cass, a general and expansionist. Soon agreed, he's just the man we need to bring about
5: victory, fulfill our manifest destiny, and annex the land, the Mexicans.
2: James K. Polk by They Might Be Giants. What do you got, Greg? Yeah, Manifest Destiny is pretty cool if you're like <laughs> if you're a big fan of James K.
3: Polk, right? Yeah. Uh, and I love that song too. Here's a, another song from a different perspective, looking outside in, and it may not necessarily even be referring to American presidents, but I think it certainly appeals to this idea of the commander in chief and why would you want this job? Wycliffe Jean put out a pretty great record uh, a few years ago that got completely overlooked. Welcome to Haiti, Creole Mm. 101. Wycliffe, who obviously is a uh, key songwriter in the Fugees as well as a solo artist, has a background in Haiti. In fact, he was born there and he made an entire album basically addressing the situation social, political, economic in the country of Haiti in 2004. But one of the few English language songs on the record was this one, and he talks about what it is to be the chief executive in any country and why would you want this job. He sings, if I was president, I'd get elected on Friday, assassinated on Saturday, and buried on Sunday. Uh, There's an incredible amount of pressure on the job in Haiti there was chaos. I mean, the leadership in that country was in a constant state of turmoil for decades. And I think this applies as well to what's going on in the United States now as well. You look at these chief executives and uh, it's a difficult job. Mm. These men age incredibly in the office. You look at pictures of uh, George Bush in the year 2000 and the year Uh, 2008, and uh, that man has aged more than eight years in the last eight years. Uh, Clinton, the same thing. Jimmy Carter. Reagan, Reagan, I think, was the only guy who looked
2: basically the same. Yeah, I don't think he actually went to work much.
3: (laughs) But Wycliffe, I think, addresses that issue with a lot of passion and a lot of poignance on this particular song. President by Wycliffe Jean on Sound Opinions.
7: Yeah, election time's coming. Who you gonna vote for? Yeah. If I was president, uh-huh. I'd get elected on Friday, assassinated on Saturday, bevied on Sunday, yeah. they go back to work on Monday. If I was but president, I if I was president, I if I was president, I yeah. instead of spending billions on the war. I can use that money So I can feed the poor Cause I know some so poor When it rains that's when they shower Scream and fight the power That's when the vulture devours If I was president I get elected on Friday Assassinated on Saturday Buried on Sunday They go back to work on Monday was president, I was president, if I was president, yeah, I know some soldiers that sleep but they can't dream, wake up with screams, sounds of M16, so take this medal of honor, for your bravery, I wish you the best care. And your family, if I was president, I get elected on Friday, assassinated on Saturday, buried on Sunday, they go back to work on Monday. If If I was president, if I was president, if I was president. That's
2: President by Wyclef John on Sound Opinions. To elect your favorite presidential rock song or make a rock State of the Union address, call (laughs) 888-859-1800 or email us at interact at soundopinions.org. We'll wrap up our inaugural celebration after a short break on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media, and then Greg and I will review the new album Tonight by Franz Ferdinand. if I
7: was president... All blacks that have reparation, no segregation, feed the nation so there's no famine. Muslims use Christians with all whole hands. Every week on the beach, party by the sand, word up, take trips on Air Force One. Don't need to bring the homeless with no sneaks to Air Force One. Better schools in the hood, better teachers for the classes, making money, paying no taxes. Find the best scientists, tell them come up with an answer. I want the cure for AIDS and cancer, but I gotta watch my back. Sniper's on the hill with the steel, waiting to chill. If I was prison, I get elected on Friday, assassinated on Saturday, Saturday. begged on Sunday, they go back to work on Monday. If I was prison, I, I, I feel the rain coming, let me play my guitar for them right now. Let's go. River that flows through the hood, through the woods, through the birds, through the mud, through the bricks, over the curb to the
1: forest preserve. Got with four acres in the forest. Words planting grown For the young seeds to know em. Trees is blowing, we see change in the wind. It's a new day and I gotta take it in. See a black man run, we need him to win. Young eyes search search for a better tomorrow. Let belief lead the way and the angels follow. Open doors for the whole folk to go through. Cause I was chosen to and I'm supposed to.
2: Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. Greg Cott and I are doing the best songs in rock history about presidents of the United States of America in honor of uh, the inauguration of Barack Obama, who Common was singing about in that song, Changes. Greg, presidents can touch us in a very special way. It has become a cliche for anyone who was alive at the time. Where were you when John F. Kennedy died. Lou Reed wrote about it in one of his most moving songs from The Blue Mask in 1982. He was recalling being a young student at college at Syracuse University, walking into a bar and hearing this news that just stopped his heart dead. Uh, this is The Day John Kennedy Died by Lou Reed on Sound Opinions.
4: I dreamed I was the president of these United States. I dreamed I replaced ignorance, stupidity, and hate. I dreamed the perfect union and a perfect law on the eye. Most of all, I dreamed I forgot the day John... I could do the job that others had done I dreamed that I was uncorrupt and fair to everyone I dreamed I wasn't gross or base A criminal on the tape Most of all I dreamed I forgot the day John Kennedy died. remember where I was that day, I was upstate in a bar. The team from the university was playing football on TV. Then the screen went dead and the announcer said there's been a tragedy. Unconfirmed reports the president's been shot And he may be dead or dying Talking stopped, someone shouted What? I ran out to the street People were gathered everywhere saying Did you hear what they said on TV? And then a guy in a Porsche With his radio hit his horn and told us the news He said the president's dead He was shot twice in the
2: head In Dallas And they don't know by whom Lou Reed, The Day John Kennedy Died His vocal made all the more powerful By Fernando Saunders' bass Robert Quine's guitar My God, thats I think it's Reed's best solo album Right, Craig? Yeah, it's
3: a, it's a great record And that's a great song Jim, I'm going to end with a song that uh, presaged what we are going to be seeing in the following week, a African-American in the White House, something that couldn't have been imagined, I would argue, when this song was written. Mm. Back as recently as 1993, it was written by George Clinton when another Clinton was in the White House. And uh, George, of course, the founder of Parliament Funkadelic, he says, Yo, listen to the real Clinton. Who, Bill Clinton? Hell no, I'm talking about George Clinton. Okay. But in this song, he's talking about one day, maybe that White House is going to house a person of color. I don't know when it's going to be, but I hope that day is coming soon because we need a change. And uh, lo and behold, George Clinton has lived long enough to see the day when a black man does hold the highest office in the United States. Unfortunately, Greg, he's
2: not performing at the inauguration. Yeah. You know, you and I both wrote about the artists that Barack Obama should have had perform at the inauguration. We both said, Mavis Staples, the voice yeah. of the civil rights movement. You know, he reads both of us. I, did I tell you the story about when I <laughs> met him? I, I was at a restaurant in Greektown. He was uh, running for Senate at the time and having a fundraiser in the back room. We both wound up in the men's room at adjoining urinals at the same time. And he looks. <laughs> over and says, I read you all the time and I enjoy your uh, radio show. Me- meaning this, Sound yeah. Opinions. I didn't get to shake his hand, you know, because we were otherwise <laughs> occupied. Yeah. yeah, but but he didn't listen to us. We told him book
3: book Mavis Staples book George Clinton. Exactly. And here's George Clinton speaking to power in the best way he knows how. Paint the White House Black from George Clinton in 1993 on Sound hey, Opinions. What's
1: up? What's this is Dr. Drake. All of the <laughs> control Can I speak to club, you know what I'm saying, what, you, you don't inhale, well I know I got the wrong mother, was, did somebody beat me from there, the love don't class people do, the love
3: Paint the White House Black from George Clinton on Sound Opinions, and that concludes our list of some of the best presidential songs ever written.
2: called Ulysses, the first track, first single from the new album by Franz Ferdinand. Tonight, Franz Ferdinand on Sound Opinions. Greg, you and I were both huge fans of Franz Ferdinand when they debuted in 2004, this wonderful Scottish quartet that uh, really seemed positioned to be the number one new wave of new wave dance band. We had a whole movement of groups that were revisiting that kind of new wave mixture of disco and punk rock. I'm thinking of bands like Interpol and Hot Hot Heat. And Franz Ferdinand came at it with more style and class. These were young Scots with a sense of humor, uh, a lot of sexiness, sarcasm, style. You know, in particular, I think Alex Kapranos, the singer, the leader of the band, he was he was a new generation's Brian Farris. Then something happened in 2005 when they put out their second album. You could have it so much better. They toured behind it, played much bigger venues, venues that were too big for them. The record sounded too much like the first album, but with fewer hooks and less energy. And we haven't really heard from them since. 2005 is a long time ago. You know, the only consciousness denting uh, on my part that Franz Ferdinand did is when Capranos put out a very funny book, Sound Bites, Eating on Tour with Franz Ferdinand, mm. which was about America <laughs> as seen through all of its greasy spoons, places he'd never been as a Scotsman the first time he came to the United States, thought it was a good place to eat. Now all of a sudden, okay, at long last, album number three, Tonight Franz Ferdinand. Let's play a track from it and then get into our opinions. Rate it on the Sound Opinion scale. Buy it, burn it, trash it. This is a song called What She Came For by Franz Ferdinand on Sound Opinions. I got a question for you. I got a question
1: for you. What's you your name? From where's you your name?
3: That's what she came for from Franz Ferdinand's third album tonight. It's all about that bass, isn't it? I mean, that's oh, yeah. uh, an amazing sound on that song. Bob Hardy, the bassist in Franz Ferdinand, and and let's give the drummer some too, Paul Thompson. I think this the rhythm section is what makes this album. And what what has happened with Franz Ferdinand on their third record? And why it took so much time to make as I think they reconfigured their sound a bit. They sort of stood at the intersection of dance, music, and rock with those first two albums. Now I think they've foregrounded the dance element much more prominently. They're taking more chances here, too. There's a little bit of Afro-pop on a song called Send em Away. They do this acid house thing on this seven-minute track called Lucid Dreams, which is like nothing they've recorded before. Mm. I mean, they're going way out on a limb with that particular song because they're departing from formula in a big way, and they close out the uh, record with a couple of ballads, including a stripped-down acoustic number called Catherine Kiss Me, so they're taking more chances sonically here. But the core of this album are those disco rave-ups, homages to the late-'70s disco sound of Giorgio Moroder a lot of New York House and Chicago House music elements in this music uh, from the early 80s and and those are the reference points you mentioned Brian Ferry and I keep waiting for Capranus to step up to that level he's a very stylish singer he's a sexy guy uh, there's a lot of suave and stylish mannerisms in the vocals but he never really gets to that level where Ferry even though he was the stylish guy there was also a level of poignance and a sort of a tear your heart out
2: uh, romanticism about Ferry that Capranos never gets to, yeah, but so it's all that kind of
3: surface-level
2: thrills for but me. But that's Capranos's point. I don't think it's about uh, superficiality. Look, no mere mortal like you or me are ever going to be Brian Ferry, right? He's <laughs> the coolest human being in the world. Capranos is trying to come on that way. In that song uh, Twilight Omens, you know, he, he sings, I typed your number into my calculator, and when it spelled a dirty word when I turned it upside down, it's like, yeah, that's not a pickup line that's going to work. And sure enough, later in the song, he, he wakes up, I, I had written your name on the back of my hand, but I found out that it was written backwards on my face. Yeah. You know, look, you went home alone, but while the club was still open, you were dominating the dance floor thanks to that uh, patented Greg Cott phrase here, booty-shaking bass. I think this <laughs> bass is uh, is taking new-order Peter Hook bass lines and imagining them as if they were played by Bootsy Collins of Funkadelic. It's great, and I think Capranos, every man, you know, wants to be suave, wants to go home with that girl, doesn't get there but at least he has some moves on the dance floor i think that's a a winning routine i think Franz ferdinand is back in form on the buy it burn it trash it scale i gotta say it's a buy it record jim there's no doubt about it stylish record Franz ferdinand's tonight
3: definitely will get people onto the dance floor but i'm looking for more emotion more emotional depth from this band than i'm getting right now and it's a burn it for me Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, very exciting. We got a visit from uh, one of the great bands working in America today. The
2: Hold Steady are going to be in our studio for a live performance and an interview. As always, Sound Opinions this week was produced by our Ace Production team of Todd Bachman, Jason Saldana, and Robin Lynn, And our fearless leader, our executive producer, Tori southside Malatia, the second most favorite person in our lives from the South Side of Chicago. On sound opinions, everyone's a critic, so give us a call on our hotline. 1
1: 888 859 1800.
6: New messages.
8: Hey guys, uh, this is William from San Jose, California. I've been listening to the podcast since uh, early 2008, so I wasn't around for the original airing of the Radiohead uh, show that you did in 2006. Radiohead to me has never been all that interesting until listening to your podcast. I was just amazed at the depth and feeling that they uh, impart to their music and now for better or worse, I am a Radiohead fan because of you. Thanks. Bye.
5: Everything. Everything.
1: Everything.
5: everything and it's right.
0: Hi, this is Adam from Minneapolis, owner at Sugar Records. I just thought I'd call in before the show on your Animal Collective record. Um, Everybody in our store loved it. I just want to let you guys know that, like, you know, I always hear you guys talking about how sales are down, and um, we just really don't understand. You know, everybody that works here, it's like, for instance, the Animal Collective record uh, came out last week. We got one-tenth of what we ordered, and uh, the same thing happened, you know, with their last one, Strawberry Jam. So I think the real problem is, who's running these uh, record companies that are producing the vinyl because kids are definitely wanting to spend money on music uh, other than downloads. They're just not able to buy what they actually want, um, which is, you know, like vinyl, something special, uh, more than just a CD-colored vinyl, something that comes with a poster or, you know, the Animal Collective is uh, one of the best packaging <laughs> vinyls I've ever seen. Uh, um, I just thought I'd let you know, like, a some more insight through a record store point of view. All right, bye. Sweet night I
8: Hi, Jim and Craig, I'm Chris from Hamburg, and I just downloaded your new latest podcast. Um, and you mentioned, on it that uh, um, iTunes Music Store doesn't have DRM, Digital rights Management, on it anymore, and that people can now easily share the MP3s. Well, actually, you're kind of missing something. Um, your email address will be hidden in the source code for the MP3. So if you do share it, if you put it online, the, the record industry will have a pretty easy time finding out who you are. I hope this helps, and um, have a nice evening. Bye-bye. Hi this is Mike from Oakland, California um, longtime San Francisco native before Oakland and I want to thank you so much you pulled me right in and I, I was my heart sank as you started talking about what was going to be the summer of love I was sure and then suddenly you were playing the dead Kennedys and I wanted to stand up and cheer but I was in my car
1: California over all of us. California
8: Well done, that was fantastic. And just in case you opened up any ears who haven't really looked at the Dead Kennedys or listened to the Dead Kennedys, um, recently Bleed For Me came up on my iPod and I heard it with some new ears. Man, that is music unlike anyone else's. That's not just punk rock, That's, that's some quality, complicated, fascinating music. Um, bleep for me by the Dead Kennedys in case anyone needs uh,
6: a recommendation. Thanks so much. No more messages.
3: To give us your opinion on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, one 859 We'll be back next week with Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public
1: Media.